Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone. The good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. But we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much, feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness of men cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power, the power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. I want you to just think for a moment about the last time someone looked you in the face and said something nice. Just, just, I'm not talking about like I know that they really care about me or, or I got a, a gift from them. Think about last time someone looked, like looked you in the face, not why they had their device like, hey, I really, no, like they looked you in the face and they said something incredibly nice to you about you they praised you if you've ever been to a kids soccer game (laughs) you hear the yelling of praise in fact if you ever go to any kind of sporting event with kids typically you hear people screaming praise we get older and and the praise kind of diminishes a bit Uh, there's yelling going on uh, especially when we go to professional sports but I want you thinking for a second about the moments that you can reflect, because I know you well enough, because you're like me, you probably remember some of the times someone stared you in the face and said something really nice about you. I would say, as we conclude this series on kindness, we have to get more in-depth 
we got to go more than just like, holding doors open for people, which is good. More than just being generous to someone, which is good. More than just refusing, and which is, I think, an act, a discipline. Refusing to berate another person, even though they deserve it when they cut you off. Right? We have to step further, and I would say to where I see the greatest deficit. Praise. We don't speak it to people anymore. You may have felt it. I know you well enough. You are good people. But you may not have praised someone recently, but you've craved it and you've wanted it. Praise. Now, even in South Dakota, we're like, we don't praise people, okay? That seems a bit arrogant and dangerous to praise another person. But it's actually not bad. We do it with our children. We're supposed to do it with our children to praise them for what they've done. We we gathered as a church and we praise God for who he is and what he's done. But if you don't know this about kindness, a part of kindness, perhaps the the, the details or or the secret to the superpower of kindness, is simply praise. There's not enough going on. If you don't know what praise means, I I looked up the definition for us. Uh, Here's what I would gather here. This is the best definition, I think, that adequately describes. Praise is, the, is communicating value. Uh, everyone has value. Everyone who's ever been born has value. But we don't communicate it well. We, we, don't, we don't let it. We feel it. We sense it. And, in fact, we even get sentimental about it. We'll, we'll watch something or maybe you'll miss your kids because they've been off to college. or, or we, we feel it, this value of people in our lives. We feel it, but we don't speak it. Maybe, maybe around Christmas time, we'll give someone a generic Christmas card and be like, I love you. Maybe sometimes at a birthday or anniversary, we feel, okay, this is your day, right? But I, I can tell you the inside of marriages that are breaking down, relationships between parents and kids, workplaces that break down. I would tell you schools, whoo. Not only do we have a negativity problem, but we have a, a bit of an issue on speaking what we know about them. And just for educational sake, I wanted you to see the difference. There is a difference, a major difference, in, in knowing someone's value and showing it. And what I would tell you is most of us are really good at knowing someone's value. <laughs> we're, okay, we're amazing. We're amazing at knowing it. In fact, right now I could just tell you, hey, make a list of the top five people or groups in your life that you, they're just really valuable to you. They're very special. In fact, if you could just have some time with them, it would be rich time. You don't have a problem coming up with that list. But how have you showed it to them? And kindness, I would tell you in our world, there is such a deficit of it that if you get into the weeds of it, kindness, one of the most kind things you could ever do is to actually communicate to that person how much you value them, why you value them. Now, I thought you might need an example. So, I found a video of teachers and coaches. If you're a teacher or coach, what I know about you is you are not praised as often as you should be. And you might even be feeling it during this season. So, I thought we would let some teachers help us understand the power of not just feeling and thinking value, but showing it. Take a look. Hi, I'm Mr. Ballou. 
Um, Coach Ballou. My name is Mrs. Hall. My name is Mr. Smith. Soy Melissa Soto. My name is Miss Coy. You'd never turn it off. We become a family, and yeah. they are my kids. I've been called a lot of things uh, from the mouths of 10 and uh, 11 and 12-year-olds. <laughs> I also tell them, sometimes you're in school longer than you're actually at home. Yeah. And I tell them the same thing. I spend more time with you than I spend with my own family. When I get into this space where it's like they're my kids, and then if they make a mistake, which they will do, mm -hmm. I, I get doubtful, like, am I making a difference? You have that, those, those times where you kind of wonder, why am I exerting all this energy and this effort? And I did get that doubt sometimes. I don't know any teacher in my life that made a difference in which I go, that was a great lesson. Mm -hmm. I think about the ones that made a difference to me as a person. And so when they mess up, the perfectionist in me takes it very personal. Mm -hmm. as a shy girl who especially struggled with talking in front of people. You took an interest in the things that were important to me, always asking about my family and showing interest in my love for baseball. Because of your teaching, you have inspired me to do whatever my passion is when I grow up. Winning at all costs, that's every coach's motto. What made you more unique was that you didn't care about the wins. You wanted us to be better individuals day by day. I remember whenever I got stuck in a problem and I thought I just couldn't do it, you said, it's not that I couldn't do it, I just couldn't do it yet. Tú eres mi favorito maestra, pero yo sé que hablas inglés. Thank you for making the past year great, and I can't wait to spend the next eight months with you. <laughs> Thanks for being the man and for being a great teacher. Your boy, <laughs> A to the J. A to the J. Thank you for making me a better person, and thank you for never giving up on me and helping me become the man I am today. Love, Danny. Hey, Coach. What's up, Coach? <laughs> we appreciate your dedication and effort you put towards us. We thank you for not just making us better basketball players, but better men. Is this is for you. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> My gosh, man. It's good to see you. Congratulations. Oh. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. Here you go. Here's what I know about you. When someone thanks you, uh, you may put off that you didn't hear it, that you didn't feel it, but I know that you did. We all do. When someone takes the time to transfer a feeling and put it into words, and actually communicate it to you in, in one of the most simplest but profound ways. The power of praise, the power of simply taking a thought and saying thank you though is so significant. 
And again, you can walk it to why we're here together. We gather as a church. There are many people amongst us. We have atheists, agnostics, followers of Jesus, people who got dragged here by a friend. They have no idea why they're here. Some people are here because their grandma's here. There's lots of different reasons that we're all gathered together. But if you didn't know, one of the core reasons we gather together is to praise God is to actually sing songs and, and look at how, how he's taught us, and we, and we thank him, we show him, we see your value, God. Even when we don't have the words, we provide words to sing. It's powerful. And in fact, a long time ago, but even, even today, we are breaking down on the ability to just, or even the act of saying thank you. And there's evidence in the Bible that even says the danger of, of not thanking specifically God Things begin to break down in, in ourselves. Let me show you in Romans. Uh, yes, they knew God. They knew, they believed he existed. They knew him. They had seen him, heard the stories. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God. Hmm. Or even give him thanks. They wouldn't even give God thanks. My guess is they were busy. <laughs> they had things to do. I, maybe if you pulled them to the side and be like, hey, are you thankful for God? They might say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they weren't giving him thanks. Here's what happens. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Just so you see the danger. If you don't thank the people in your life that you have value for, if you don't thank them for it, you might begin to believe things that aren't true and it might mess up the relationship. There's a power not only for the person but for yourself. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. When they stopped thanking God, their darkness fell upon them and their thinking. That's why if you're like, like why do we have church, church, like every weekend. <laughs> Part of the main reason is to help us be focused and to know what's true about life. And God made us. God is amazing. And we should praise him. So, so we got to lean into this. Because some of us, we're not always in the mood to be nice. I know, at least for me, okay? You guys look like, yeah, we always love being nice all the time. Well, I got days where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to say a whole lot of nice things to people. Or maybe you just accidentally get through the day and you didn't say anything nice. You wanted nice things. The Bible leans into how to be thankful, even specifically how often. First Thessalonians, uh, always be joyful. Oh, man, always. Never stop praying. But watch this. Be thankful in all circumstances. For those of you who are currently going through rough circumstances, painful circumstances, unknown future kind of circumstances. I know this is tough. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, if you have owned his salvation, you and I got to learn how to be thankful in all circumstances, all situations. It doesn't mean that you're ignorant to the reality, by the way. It doesn't mean, like, yep, I just, I don't care. Yeah, you do care. We all care. But you learn how to be thankful. And I want to I put a message on the table for us on how. On, on how to be thankful, maybe when you're not feeling it. 
Maybe when you're not thinking about it, how could you and I maybe bring to the table, bring to every moment that we're in, no matter how things are going, thankfulness. Not just gratitude in our minds, but where we, in any situation, can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? A group of people called Fountain Springers, who no matter what the circumstances were going on in our lives, what we could bring into the situation would be some form of thankfulness, where we would say nothing, nothing can rob us of all of our thankfulness. You can have a bad day and be like, I'm not sure, but you can dig and find one. What if we could become that kind of a people? So, so I can show you a story. story really happened. It happened to Jesus, around Jesus, and it got documented. So the story plays out where there's multiple people involved. So pay attention. Let me show it to you. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, Ten men, ten, for those of you who hate math, I'm just going to apologize right now. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. Uh, if you're like, what? I mean, because they just said, have mercy. If you don't know what they're saying, like, give us mercy. They're asking to be healed from leprosy. If you don't know what leprosy is, it was basically considered an incurable disease. You had to have some supernatural something happen for you to have leprosy taken away from you. And if you did have it taken away from you, you had to go to the priests to vouch that it really happened. So go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. I hope you're doing your math. Uh, one did. We started with 10. We're down to one really fast. Now, if you don't know what leprosy did, it robbed you of your family, your friends, your job. You lived typically in a cave with other people who had leprosy who were dying. You just lived the rest of your life waiting for your last day. All of a sudden, these 10 guys are healed, future restored, relationships restored, their marriages restored, everything gets put back into place. And one, one starts to shout, comes back shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And if you wonder if Jesus noticed and can do math, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? By the way, if you're what he didn't he knew. Oh, oh, he knew. Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What this story tells us are basic lessons on how to praise. If you've never been taught, like, like how do I praise another person? Like, like how, how does this play out? How do I make sure this actually works right? Well, I can give you a few. All inside the story. First one is, very simple, praise is. Thank you, even if they're supposed to. You say thank you, you show thank you, you demonstrate thank you. Even if that person, listen, was supposed to do what they did. Now, some of us are confused right now because we're like, wait a minute, I paid that person to do that. 
or my taxes, my taxes go to make that happen. Now I'm stepping on toes yet? No, we there? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We demonstrate thank you even if they're supposed to do it. Now, here's how this fits. You remember the guys, they, they come out screaming, like, Master, like, like, have mercy on us. Well, it just gives us evidence. They knew exactly who Jesus was. There's no secret to them. In fact, just to go out in the public risked a lot. These ten lepers knew exactly who Jesus healed people. They had heard story after story, baby, and they knew, like, this guy's got power, and if we can get in front of him, maybe they'll get some mercy, and he'll heal us. They knew and expected, I would contend, they expected and hoped for that he would heal them. And if you ever, I mean, some of you have already been really hard, at least in your minds, on the, on the, on the nine. <laughs> You're like, jerks, how could you not show thanks to Jesus, right? Well, maybe, maybe they were just operating on the basic premise that, that's what Jesus did. I mean, he's a healer. If, if you're not connecting this, if you're not, maybe you're not making it personal enough. Can we talk about tipping for a little bit? No? Okay, then I'll, we'll just. <laughs> Let's talk about tipping. And for those of you, what, what I'm about to share with you, <clears throat> you may not like. Uh, but you're going to have to deal with it. Tipping. I, okay, I don't know how you do I've, I've got lots of experience in this. You do too. When you go to a restaurant and there's a waiter or a waitress, there's an expectation, at least in the United States of America, that at the end of that meal, uh, you're going to get a bill, which is the unfortunate part. But on that, it's typically a space. You know the space, the tip space, where, where in theory... You and I are that person who's been bringing you a drink or a meal, or, or maybe they haven't been doing that well. <laughs> There's this line, this tip line. If you are a server, you know that there is a harsh reality about this tip line where sometimes people put nothing. In fact, now social media lets us know some people put more than just nothing. They, they put comments in these things. Just what you're thinking about when you go to a restaurant and, and it's like that time, end of the meal, you got to put a tip. Don't answer out loud because it may not be the same as the person next to you. But what's your uh, system to this? My guess is you have a system. We're weird like that. We have systems. If a person uh, gives you great service where, where, where your beverage was never like less than half full and your meal came perfect, they were nice, it was amazing. That might affect your tip, how much you give. If it's the opposite, if you never got your drink, ever. I remember one time, Katie and I went to a restaurant. I will not tell you which one. And yes, we brought the kids with us. We were seated, and we never saw a waitress or a waiter. And after a long time, we thought, well, maybe let's go somewhere else. So we got up and walked out. No one said a word. It was not a great experience. When you don't have a great experience, does that affect, don't answer out loud, does that affect your tip? Because some of us are like, wait a minute. They're there to serve me. They're supposed to do, and you just, whatever. And so sometimes when you get bad service, that tip goes below the certain line, right? I want to pry a little bit, okay? So if you tip a waiter or a waitress based on what they're supposed to do, do you apply the same thing to your own workplace? 
where you have a bad day, do you go to your boss and say, hey, I was pretty bad today. I need you to dock my pay. That's called an awkward laugh. If you... If compensation, and listen to me very closely, if compensation or an election, or maybe they're your mom or dad, so there are supposed to's there. Maybe they're a teacher, and you're like, this is what teachers are supposed to do. Maybe it's your boss because your boss is the authority. This is what my boss is supposed to do. Maybe you're at a, you're just checking out, you're getting groceries, and that person, you know what they're supposed to do, swipe the stuff, help you know the price, things are supposed to go smooth, and you know what's supposed to happen. Here's what I'm seeing so much. Many of us, because it's supposed to, we, we withdraw the thank you. We hold back the praise. Like, I'm paying you to do this. And I think that's what the nine did. If, you'd, if you're wondering where I'm going with this, I think that's what the nine did. I think that's why the nine didn't return to Jesus because, like, he's supposed to. He's Jesus. And all I want to do is caution you that there is a power in saying thank you even if that person was supposed to do it. When my kids do a chore, I don't look at them and be like, yeah. <laughs> Would you not expect me as a parent to say thank you for taking the trash out? When I get an anniversary gift from my wife, should I look at her and be like, uh-huh, about time? <laughs> Some of you are like, don't do that. Don't do that. I just want to put on the table a conversation that maybe you'd consider. If you want more kindness in this world, then start speaking thank you to anyone and everyone, whether they're supposed to do what they did or they're not supposed to. There's more. Uh, praise. Another thing about praise. Uh, praise is knowing their needs matter as well. Now, this is difficult. Knowing their needs matter as well. That when you think about, okay, I want to be kind today, so I'm going to need to praise someone. But, but you might be thinking, but I haven't been praised. Well, let me show you this in the story. Crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went. And they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now, here's what I know about Jesus. He knew how they were going to react. Before he healed them, before he actually said, I'm going to restore your life in the most supernatural way, he knew that only one would return. But he seemed to know, I believe he knew, he knew their needs. He actually made sure that he paid attention to their actual physical needs. See, see praise, offer praise to someone is very powerful. It's not like food. It's not like money. No matter how much praise someone gives you and I, do you, do you know that you don't require the praise of someone else in order to praise another person? It's not like money. It's not like food. It's not like a tangible thing like that. You and, you and I, you can, I we, we can praise people no matter what. We can pay attention to their needs. So perhaps you're at a restaurant or you're sitting down with your kid or you're sitting at work. What if you and I went to work and school and into our homes and we paid attention to the needs, listen, of other people? If we did that, 
we would be able to bring kindness into some powerful situations. You don't have to receive praise in order to give it. And many of us are waiting to receive as though you can't give it until someone, yeah, I, I need 10 praises before I can give one. No, no, you don't. You could spend the rest of today, the rest of tomorrow, the rest of your life spending all day long praising, going up to people, and it would blow their minds. At first, they're going to think you might be high, but you're going to have to like, just show them, like, hey, I just want to tell you something. I saw something that you did, and I wanted to tell you, and this is incredible. And they're going to think that you're about to like, uh, make fun of them or, or yell at them. But then you're like, hey, I saw, that you, I saw that you held the door open for that person. And I just wanted to tell you, that's awesome. Can you imagine if we didn't just think things and feel things? What if we spoke this kindness into our world? You're going to have to pay attention to the needs of other people if you're going to be kind to other people. Let me show you one last one. It's about praise. Praise is letting the good get credit. Just do you let all the good get credit? Let me show you where I get this from the story about Jesus. Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now, he, he knew this, right? If, you, if you're not translating, everyone is not giving me credit, right? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. If you don't know what didn't happen, you might be wondering, Jesus should have been like, all right, the nine of you, I'm, I'm taking it back. <laughs> you get the sickness back. Some of you are like, that's what he should have done. But he didn't. I have no evidence that all of a sudden Jesus goes back on the healing. According to this, they all stay healed. Because he chose, he chose to focus on the good, to focus on the one that came back to give credit and praise. He focused on that one. In fact, the faith of that one guy seemed to be enough. Many of us are very quick to blame. I'm very slow to give credit. And I just wanted to bring it up. I wanted to bring up the conversation that maybe some of us, because we're not being very kind because we're so quick to blame. In fact, some of us, we are batting a thousand percent on blame. Something happens wrong, you're the first to speak it up. Almost like you're the something bad happened police. You know you work with some of them. You might live with some of them. You definitely go to school with some of them. You go to school. That person who's like, did you hear what happened? And they're right. What happened was uh, bad. Are you as quick to also give credit? I find it fascinating that someone was like, I don't think I am. See, see you and I, if we're going to bring kindness into a situation, if you and I are going to be kind people, if you want mankind to change, then we've got to be better at giving credit. It's not about telling a person, hey, I want you to know you're absolutely perfect. You're, you're, just a, a, you're, you're a perfect human being. But I struggle with this, and especially I think about parenting, or even go uh, more closer home, I think about Katie and I in our marriage. Sometimes we find seasons uh, where we're quick to blame each other. 
very slow to give credit even for the small things. It is a regular practice in our home that whoever cooks a meal gets thanked. Because there is, there was, I looked in, in the certificate, the wedding certificate, there were no like uh, bylaws to that or amendments. <laughs> uh, there was no like, and thou shalt cook a meal every time the, someone wants. No, there wasn't any of that in there. Some of you think it is, it's not. So it's a regular practice in our home to make sure that the person, whoever it is, however small or, or insignificant or even it's a snack, we, we thank people. And we say it. We don't just feel it. We've got to say it. We've got to understand that kindness isn't just thinking nice things about people. It's speaking nice things. And this is deep because not a lot of us are good at this. Let me show you Psalm 107. I think this helps. Let them give thanks to the Lord. See the word give? I think this might be the difficulty in it. I think the giving part, because uh, it's a struggle to give when you feel like you haven't received. Look at give. Give thanks to the Lord. It's a gift. It takes effort and thought and, and just sometimes sacrifice. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. I think you can take things like this and apply it to God. You ought to. But what about the people around us too? Are you giving them thanks? Not just feeling thanks. Giving them thanks. It's time that you and I refuse to let thank you just go unspoken. So, I want you thinking about, I know it's Christmas time. I want you thinking about who you are going to speak kindness to, praise to. And some of you, it's going to be someone that you don't care for because that's been like the worst part. But maybe it's someone you're married to that you just have taken for granted lately. Maybe it's one of your kids that you just haven't spoken that to them. And look what Romans teaches us about doing this. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Apply this to our current conversation. Do you know that you and I can actually fight evil? It doesn't seem like that big, but it is. We can fight evil. We can conquer evil by bringing kindness. So when you see something, when you become aware of something, don't be like, oh, I bet someone else said thank you. I bet bet they know the significance No, we conquer evil. Do you know that nowadays we are almost in an epidemic of horrible self-esteem? And I would say, I think it's because we don't speak the good feelings that we have for people. Could it be that one of the greatest weapons we have against evil is to simply speak to that person's face, here is something you need to know it means a lot to me. Maybe that's what this week will be full of. So, so let me bring up what we've been sharing through the, the whole series. The kindness dare. I guess this is the, the triple dog dare week. Uh, I don't know if you like to be dared, uh, so I'm daring you. I'm daring you to be kind. And it's where you pick a person and you say nothing negative to or about that person. This is for 24 hours. 
baby steps. Nothing negative. Then you speak one positive thing to them. Not backhanded, not passive aggressive. You speak something positive to them. And then you cap it off with an act of kindness. If you haven't caught this, the kindness dare is a summary of the whole series. So maybe, maybe we could take this. And if you don't like what you see in the news, if you don't like what you see in the school district or in government or where you work, if you don't like what's going on in your home, take this on. Take this on and according to God's word, we can begin to conquer evil by simply being kind. That's why at first the kindness conversation seems like, and what else are we going to talk about? But no, we need to become people who are good at being kind. So I want to pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for the privileges we get to have relationships. God, I thank you for you. Thank you for, for all that you are. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of us talking about you because you're, you're amazing. The world you built is beautiful. God, thank you for you. God, help us this week. We need help at praising. So this week, Lord, I, I want to commit to you on behalf of the whole church. We're, we're going to praise you. We're going to praise you very intentionally. Lord, I pray even in addition to that, that you would bring people to mind, that you would show us people that we need to praise, that we need to speak into. Help us with that, God. Help us to have the words, the wisdom, the discernment. And help us to bring kindness to all mankind. We love you, Lord, so much. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.